Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, Matthew Collar in for Dave Schwartz today with Pete Nigerian, and it's a fast segment. Fast, go, it's go, go! Charlie's segment. producing. We gotta, we gotta get right to it. <laughs> I like taking my time. I, uh, I like. It's really it ironic considering it is how you are. Is it? Am I, I'm a fast you're not, person. No, you're not. That's what I'm saying. Oh, it's yeah. fast break with Charlie. Yeah. Who, you know, <laughs> more of a half court offense. You're not that intense. Yeah, I'm a half court <laughs> offense kind of guy. Pete, we're going to start off with you. Okay. It's, it's been a banner year for college football coaching carousel. And obviously, the Washington job is still open, but supposedly that's going to maybe close in the next 24, 48 hours, is what they say. But some of the big names that have moved around so far in college football Mike Elko from Duke to Texas AM, Jonathan Smith moving from Oregon State to Michigan State, Kurt Signetti uh, from James Madison to Indiana, and of course, Kalen DeBoer, the big one, moving from Washington all the way down to Alabama to replace Nick Saban. Pete. Who are some of the winners and losers so far of the uh, coaching carousel? Oh, I think that the Big Ten looks like a, a, a pretty big winner. Uh, I, I just think that there are some spots, and we still don't really know much about the University of Michigan, right? I mean, is there uh, – I don't know if – I've been trying to follow it, but everybody always talks about, well, what's Harbaugh going to do? And and that would change things around a little bit. But the Big Ten is going to be a lot different, obviously, uh, with the USC-UCLA elements along with Washington and Oregon. It's going to be interesting. I think DeBoer is going to be – that's going to be something I think everybody's going to watch very, very closely down there at Alabama. And did they win? Well, it, it's tough to know that somebody can really actually step in after what Nick Saban's done. And by the way, I keep an eye on the portal constantly. The, the portal, we are seeing so many players, uh, students from Alabama that have gone to the portal. It, it could be a much different team than what – we saw in, in 2023. So that's that that could be harmful early, but if he can keep it up and do what he did when he was at Washington and he was very aggressive about what he did in the portal, uh, I think Alabama could really ed- end up being a very standout winner. Collar, do you have any uh, winners and losers? I just want to know if Pete has a login to the portal. I know. If he's, like, logging in, he's looking at the portal, he's oh, yeah. he's sending notes to PJ <laughs> Fleck. Hey, what about this guy? I've been watching this guy. I did this game, uh, you know, and I know my, my buddy over there. He knows this player. You should go get this guy. Uh, I, I just think that um, they picked a great coach to take over for Nick Saban, uh, mm-hmm. in part just because what I saw Washington do offensively this year, I thought it was – Really next level, the amount of receivers that were moving around, the pre-snap stuff, the way that they set it up. But he's also going to need, you know, 
his quarterback, I think he's got a, a little bit different of a quarterback with Milrow than he had with Michael Penix, who is a pocket quarterback who sits there and operates the whole offense. So that's a, that is an interesting one. With Harbaugh, Pete, were you a uh, Vikings-Harbaugh guy or were you against that? I was totally on board. Uh, you know, it's funny because just so you know, Matthew, cause I don't think you do, but Michigan was my most hated of all the big 10 schools, <laughs> hated him, uh, and, and, and didn't like Jim played against him. He and I are the same age. We played against each other and he usually got the upper hand pretty good. So, uh, a lot of reasons why I didn't like it, but I'll tell you this year was a, a turning point for me because I, there was something about the way Michigan was playing and the way they, they held themselves and what Jim was doing despite the fact that he missed six games and how they still stayed together and the relationship he had with his quarterback and all the stuff that went into this year. Uh, huge fan. And I, and I, you know, the guy has won at every single level. It, it, I don't know uh, too many other guys who have done what he did in his career as a player than at San Diego and Stanford and San Francisco and then going back to Michigan and who knows what's in his future. Uh, but another guy, uh, Lane Kiffin, right now, just to give you guys a quick update, they are killing it on the portal. They are head and shoulders above the next closest uh, school in terms of going to the portal. So uh, that might make that even more interesting. Because Lane Kiffin, you can like him, you can hate him, whatever you think. But that guy is is sort of like the one coach I think in all of football, that is a, probably the most quotable guy there is. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, have fun. That, that is for sure. You're talking about personalities. Just real quick, I didn't think that it was the right pick for the Vikings, uh, in part because I, I feel like when you hire Harbaugh, that becomes like your whole thing. So at the time, I leaned toward Kevin O'Connell, and I think it's worked out well. I, I don't know where it's going to go in the future, but to your point, I mean, there's no denying how successful Jim Harbaugh has been in, you know, national championship now to his trophy case. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But this is a fast break, Pete. I'm sorry. I, we just, yeah, sorry. Fun. you started talking about the portal. <laughs> well, ahead, a lot of rumors about Harbaugh talking to maybe chargers, maybe some other teams. Mm. So those are yeah. all around, by the way, you guys are wrong. The real winner of the coaching carousel is Jimmy Sexton, who is the agent. Oh, yeah. Who is representing yeah. Dan Lanning, Norvell, <laughs> Saban, DeBoer, he got all those guys contract raises and new jobs. Uh, so yeah, he's doing pretty well. Jimmy Sexton <laughs> probably winning the portal. Moving on, though, still more coaching talk. We already talked about Saban. We talked about Belichick. My question for you, Matthew Collar, who has the harder job in replacing the legends? Is it going to be Gerard Mayo or is it going to be uh, Kalen DeBoer? I think it's Gerard Mayo. Uh, they're going to draft quarterback, I think, which helps. If that guy hits, then you look like a genius. And if he doesn't, you look like a fool, which is kind of how it works in the NFL. I just think that the NFL is so, so hard to win. And when you look at that division, Buffalo's not going anywhere. The Jets actually have a really good roster if they get Aaron Rodgers back. And Miami, they just lost, but they won 11 games this year. They led the league in passing. Like it's a, it is a very difficult position to take over. And then the expectation is that you compete for championships right away because that's where that fan base is used to being. And they could kind of write off the like, well, you know, Belichick, things fell apart, whatever. But I don't think that Mayo is going to get a ton of patience from fans and just um, Boston fans in general, I think, are not the most easygoing on their coaches. <laughs> I think that position is a little harder than adopting a program that has had a, a ton of ton of success. Although the the pushback I would have is this, uh, they've they've plummeted for the last couple of years, right? Mm -hmm. They just yeah. aren't the team that they were, and so because of that, to take the Alabama job, you, you, your your downside is 
a two game season of loss would be awful. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and and so I that's the one concern. And if he loses too many guys into the portal and isn't able to have the success because he's getting there a little bit late from the portal, uh, it it makes it really really interesting. I, I I'm pulling for the guy. I, I think he's a really cool guy. I like the fact of where he came from. What you know, mm-hmm. how modest the roots were, and all the different places he's been. He's had success and and had incredible success at multiple places. So. I think he can do it. Uh, it might not be a great first year, would be the way I'd, I'd say it for that one. But uh, with Mayo, the defense is there. It's it's yeah. really all on that offense. So if yeah. he can get Jaden Daniels, for instance, at number three, um, and Jaden Daniels plays like he did at LSU, which let him play like Jaden Daniels, though, yeah. right? Yeah. How, how many times, Matthew, have you seen guys get drafted that were great maybe athletic quarterbacks who like to run a little bit and some they, they decide, well, you're a pocket guy. It's mm-hmm. like, well, yep. why did you draft him then? He's not really made for that. So I think if it's done right and the offensive coordinator does the right thing with Jaden Daniels, they can turn this thing around. Look what, look what happened down at Houston. Uh, you can turn things around pretty quickly if you do the right thing. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I, I mean, neither job is easy to follow those guys. I, I think it, I just think so much relies on whether that quarterback you draft succeeds or not um yeah. whereas uh alabama i think people are going to want to play for that logo uh play for the elephant for a long time so <laughs> yeah i i think both jobs are very difficult though yeah i uh i would say i agree we got a little bit of each other there uh pete back to yeah. you as caitlin clark continues to take the basketball world by storm fyi she put up 30 points 11 assists in an iowa victory last night over a top i think it was 16th ranked indiana it was something in the top 16 15 something like that but uh one person doesn't seem to be the biggest fan pete the always quotable kim mulkey made a jab at the star guard saying we don't have any players shooting 40 times a game like you see around the country that's just (laughs) not us which i mean if you're a coach and you're limiting caitlin clark's shooting in any way you're doing it wrong right that seems to be a bad coach if you're limiting that. So, Pete, I want you right now to burn some bridges. Who's Uh-oh. your least favorite coach of all time? doesn't have to be personal, <laughs> but I want your least favorite coach in any sport that you have been oh, around. Oh, gosh. That's a, that really is that, – that's, that's really tough. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. I could tell you least favorite player, but, uh, <laughs> you know, when I look around at the, at the coaching side of it, um, you know what? For me, it might be Steve Kerr. Uh, did not see that coming did not see Uh, that no love it (laughs) um you know i was there in chicago when they had the run and it was michael jordan last dance all that great stuff that we all talk about but you know there was something there was something about his style and how he did things that i I, it just didn't rub me right i know he's had great success coaching at golden state for sure but i'll tell you what the guy with the biggest smile in the room every single night is when i go and i click on here and i see golden state got beat again i love it (laughs) and so (laughs) and there's just something you there was a certain kind of you know cockiness whatever you want to call it uh, about his style that i just didn't didn't like and and how Golden State oftentimes played, uh, it didn't feel as sportsmanlike as I like. So uh, that's where I'd go. We're going we're gonna to have to dig into that in later weeks. <laughs> I, I didn't know oh, you had a this lot. Golden State. Uh, <laughs> Steve uh, you're the first person I've ever heard who has a, a serious beef with Steve Kerr. And also, as a person, when I play basketball, I just hang out in the three-point line, and I, I can fling it, Pete. Like I can, I can can threes. So Steve Kerr is a hero of mine, a man Uh-oh. who did nothing in his career but stand outside and shoot threes. That's that's my guy. Uh, 
I, I could probably name 52 coaches that have really? uh, rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, but at the top of the list to me is Greg Williams. I mean, for obvious reasons. Oh, yes. But, oh, that's a good one. But the, the, the attitude, the, the, I mean, smug is not even begin to describe it. He also coached where I was from growing up, the Buffalo Bills, for a while and just quit. They just quit the job and left the team. And I don't know, like just – he was he was a terrible head coach. He's just kind of a bully, and I think he was a wildly overrated defensive mind because he had a couple good years with the Titans when they had Javon Curse and Keith Bullock and all that great talent, and then everybody just thought he was a genius. So I don't know. I all I'm not, I'm not a fan Pete of bully coaches. You know, I no. just I don't really like that style at all, and I think that he, you could put his face on that. Well, I'd actually, I'll, I'll, I'll say that was one B, one A would be Sean Payton, and it's just because of what I just heard you say, and and all the conversations and some of the backstabbing that he did early in the year when he was kind of going after the Jets and the coordinator and all the rest of that. I just uh, that didn't sit very well with me at all, and being a part of that whole thing with the with the Vikings and Brett Favre and everything that that was uh, that was something that I. I thought was far worse than it seems like everybody else. I didn't like anything about that whole scene. So yeah, that's a yeah. It's a very strong pick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shout out to the <laughs> DC defenders, defensive coordinator. Oh Greg yeah. Williams. Right. Did you yeah. know that? Yeah. Yeah. He's taking the job with the DC uh, defenders. I don't know how it turned out this way, Matthew. I didn't mean for this to happen. You're getting a hockey question. Okay. Oh. Are you, are you, are you prepared I'm comfortable for this? With that, yeah. All right. Let's, let's do I like it. Hockey. Yesterday started off pretty well for the wild Gustafson and Kaprizov. Uh, both announced back with mm. the team, and then the rest uh, not and so. And then the yeah, the the wheels came off the wagon yeah. a little yeah. bit. Six nothing loss Oof. to the Arizona Coyotes. Nick Bukestead, local guy with a yeah. hat trick. Those that was nice, right? If you're looking for some, anything, but they got booed off the ice after that six to nothing home loss mm-hmm. to the Arizona Coyotes. If you're Bill Guerin, is it is it time to call and go for future assets? Is this it? Are you saying enough? We're going to look for the future, and the season's over. Well, nobody loves tanking more than me. Uh, I <laughs> have a tank tattoo. Hey, anybody who watched the Houston Texans yesterday, are they mad that they tanked? Hey, the Detroit Lions tanked. They're in the playoffs today. So, you know, it, tanking does work, but also living in reality is, is the, the important thing. Are you going to compete for a Stanley Cup is the question. And the answer for this team is no, you're not. I, you're you're more in a position that has been stuck in the middle for so long, and there's been better or worse iterations of stuck in the middle, and you have to take a long-term view because you don't have – it's not like Pittsburgh had some years where they weren't the same, and they would go trade for somebody at the deadline, and then all of a sudden it would work, and it would get them into the playoffs, but that's because they had Crosby and Malkin. You don't have the players that are the driving force – and, uh, you know, you have a couple of quality forwards who are good and can make you competitive, but not good enough to truly compete. So I do think that it is it is time to start trading away some things. And a lot of times you trade away people and the guy who's up and coming is very excited to be there and have an opportunity. And sometimes you play better because, the you know, you're moving on from a veteran who's not very happy. So, yeah, I would say very much it is time. Hmm. 
Well, I'm not a big tanker. I got to admit, Matthew, I, I, I understand what you're saying, though. I, I, I fully get it. I don't think here's the beauty of it. I don't, do they have to tank or do they just keep playing the way they are? It's not. Yeah, I mean, it's just yeah, it's not really. It's really just I, I'm, I just say that because I think it's a it's a strategy that generally works. But like li- understanding where you are, I think, is yeah. important. Understanding when it's time to sort of wave the white flag. Like we're not winning the Stanley Cup. There's no player we could trade for that's going to do that. So we should just sell off whatever parts yeah. we can get future assets for. Exactly. I think that's the question is, is what can you sell off to get future assets? Yeah. And are you at the place that you are want those future assets more than maybe you want to win tomorrow night? But, because and, of all yeah. the issues with the salary cap too, right guys? Yep. I mean, that's, yep. that's been a, that's been a hampering thing for the, for the wild for a couple of years going. So it's something that once they get past that, but the fact that we are right now battling with Chicago for the bottom uh, is uh, it's, it's pretty amazing actually. Yep. All right. Well, that's all I got for you guys. That's the fast break that was, wasn't so fast. It was pretty fast. I mean, it was. It moved. It, it moved. Quick. It was a normal length, but it wasn't like rapid fire fast. No. Well, that's not me. Uh, all right. I am going to honor Steve Kerr by shooting some threes here in the studio, and uh, we will return and pick who we think will win today and on Monday as well. Matthew Collar in for Dave Schwartz along with Pete Najarian. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, this segment is called Who's Gonna Win Today and Tomorrow. <laughs> That's the name of the segment. It's a hot new bit that we're doing just today as I'm in for uh, Dave Schwartz, Matthew Collar, Pete Nigerian. All right, Pete, who's gonna win today? Uh, first, let's go through the games and tomorrow. Sure. That's the bid. It's who's going to win today and tomorrow. You forgot that second part. Um, <laughs> Packers and Cowboys are playing at 3.30. We were going to have a noon game, but uh, weather in Buffalo. And by the way, you know, I'm from Buffalo. Let me tell mm. you, people who were talking yesterday, oh, well, you know, they could play in the weather. They can play in the weather. That is true. You cannot drive to the stadium in the weather. <laughs> they had a similar storm last year and 47 people died like that. You just, you had to move the game. Okay. Yeah. So just for all those people, you just, the one thing people don't understand about that stadium is it's like a two lane highway in and out. I mean, 
if you if there's going to be accident, you can't just clear the roads. And once it starts blowing with the wind, with the snow drifts, it is impossible to see. Super dangerous for the fans, not for the players. So the f- team is not soft. And also, I saw J.J. Watt. Well, what, you know, why don't they have a dome or something? Jay, it's not about the dome, buddy. It's about the streets. So anyway, that's uh, that's not happening until tomorrow, but that means the first game we get 3.30 Packers-Cowboys. We got Brett Favre, Troy Aikman, Pat Summerall, John Madden on the call it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Robert Brooks, Michael Irvin. It's a great game. Who are you taking? I'd love to tell you that I think the Packers actually can get them down there, but I think the fact that it's a home game for Dallas, uh, their offense has played at such an elite level that uh, I, I got to give it to Dallas. I think it's going to be closer probably than whatever the spread is right now, but uh, I think it's like a touchdown, isn't yeah, it? Maybe yeah, more. seven points. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I think Green Bay can give them a good game, and they've played already this year. So I I, I give it to uh, to Dallas to win, but I think it's going to be a nice, close, tight game. I think I'm I think I'm going to pick an upset, and could be really? wildly wrong. I also picked the Browns yesterday. That didn't go good for me. Not even <laughs> close to good. I just, the way the way the Packers have been playing is much more reflective of a team that's better than nine and eight. And also the Cowboys just have this penchant for choking when it comes to the playoffs. So even though objectively, yes, the advantages they have, the roster they have, but I don't know, just got to kind of got to, I always think in terms P of what could be the worst outcome for Minnesota fans. And that's what usually happens. So (laughs) that's what I'm going with here. Uh, Rams and lions is at seven 15 this evening. And none of these games on Peacock, which also works great for America. So uh, uh, Rams lions, what are you thinking? I think the Lions at home, I think that they've got it. I, I know that a lot of folks are thinking, well, they're going to choke. The, you know, Jared Goff, it's going to be too big for him and all the rest of it. I don't agree with that. I, I actually think that the, the Rams, Rams all season had some bumps and bruises along the way and everything, but they had a pretty quality uh, season, I think, this year. I think you look at Detroit. Detroit overall really had a great season. A lot of people were predicting they'd be very good. They actually, I think, probably even exceeded what most people were thinking, that they won 12 games. I, I think that they've got enough. I think it really will help, though. If Laporta is healthy enough to actually play at all, I think that that really is kind of a game changer mm-hmm. for them. So yeah. I think that makes it um, – I, I think Detroit has the upper hand. 100%. That's a big, big deal for Sam Laporta. Uh, I might go with the upset in this one, too, <laughs> uh, because, well, I just really like the way Matthew Stafford's been playing. And here would be my concern, Pete. Nick Mullins threw for 800 yards in two games against the Lions defense. That's true. And this is Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. They have a really, really great offense and the, one of the best offensive coaches on earth. I'm a little concerned for Aaron Glenn's uh, defensive unit there. Now let's uh, talk about tomorrow's games, Steelers yeah. and Bills. And, you know, it's uh, still going to be pretty bad weather there. But Josh Allen has big hands, and he could throw the ball really hard. <laughs> So uh, this this one to me is a game where uh, Buffalo should win. But uh, are you feeling confident in the Bills? I'm really confident. The fact they're at home, Pittsburgh uh, kind of stumbled into the playoffs. When you really look at their record, uh, it's it's very average, but uh, it's not that different than Buffalo. But when you when you look at the offense versus what the defense did this year, uh, the offense just has had a hard time scoring points, and because of that, I think Buffalo has the edge. Buffalo feels like they're rolling. They they didn't look great just not too many weeks ago, but then they started to look like the Buffalo Bills of 
what we expected them to look like this year, not the Buffalo Bills that were stumbling around and having a hard time early in the season. I think Buffalo actually beats them up pretty good. I think they, they put a hurting on them today. Yeah, I, I, I could. Yeah. Uh, yeah, tomorrow, right? Uh, you, it was today, but now it's yeah, tomorrow. it was today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I, I just agree with everything you said. They're really playing great football, and uh, their defense, especially, has come together in the last few weeks. And uh, Eagles Buccaneers, the game no one really wants, but we're gonna watch it. Um, how are you feeling about this one? You know, I, I, I'm so biased, it's not even fun. I mean, I, I, I'm down here in Florida. I played for Tampa. I'm not too far away from the stadium. Actually, just the other day, I was offered some tickets and everything. But there's no way I'm doing that. Do you know how late that'll be to go into Tuesday to go to work? <laughs> that makes it really tough. I think I think Tampa um, has, a, has a legitimate shot, though. I like Baker Mayfield. I, you know, I never was a guy who was a big fan of him, to be honest with you. But mm. when he got over here to Tampa and, and watched what he was able to accomplish, he had a really good year this year. I think kind of yeah. under-the-radar kind of year. The guy threw for 4,000 yards and only 10, 10 interceptions. I say only because he's definitely one of those guys who tends to throw the ball away and suddenly it's an interception. He only had 10. And so because of that, if we can run the ball the way we have down here, I think, uh, and Rashad White had a really good year. If, if that all comes together, I think that we have a shot because Philadelphia, there's been something wrong all year with mm-hmm. that team. I yep. can't put my finger on it, but there's, they just haven't looked like the team they were last year. I think it's the secondary. I mean, mm-hmm. and you're right. The offense isn't quite the same either, but the secondary cannot stop anybody. And this could be a big game for a team with two great wide receivers I, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay there, and the Eagles run yes. kind of comes to an end. Uh, all right. Uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, coming up soon, we will have the new coach at Bethel University, uh, Mike McElroy, on to join us, uh, Matthew Collar and Pete Najarian. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, welcome back to the Sports Huddle. Matthew Collar in for Dave Schwartz along with Pete Najarian. And joining us, the new head coach of Bethel University, Mike McElroy. Uh, Mike, it is great to have you. Congratulations on the job. I'd love to start out by just hearing you talk about working with a legend there and Steve Johnson and taking over that program and, and what your feelings are on that. Yeah, well, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, daunting, I guess I would say, is the first, uh, the first thing that comes to mind. I was told a long time ago in this profession, don't ever follow a legend, uh, and, and here we are. Uh, but Man, it's uh, it's an honor. Uh, it's been such a unique thing to get to see, you know, kind of the behind the scenes of, you know, how how does a Hall of Fame coach do stuff? Uh, what's he about? What's he care about? What's he passionate about? And so, um, it's been a really cool, just kind of seven year journey. I think when I first got to Minnesota, um, he was always a guy that you kind of like, man, the guy was intriguing, and uh, then to be able to get to work for him and under him and with him uh, was was just a really powerful thing as a young coach. You know, it's interesting, uh, Coach, because when, when you look at it this past week or two, you see Saban, you see Pete Carroll, you see Belichick. And, right. and, and, and let's be honest, I mean, Steve Johnson, for what he's 
uh, done for 34 years. That's a that's an incredible run and the percentage of wins and all the different, you know, after the regular season where he's gone after that as well. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely incredible. Did you have any sense during the season or had he ever hinted to you that this might be the final year? No, we uh, we were all pretty surprised. He he told us as a staff, uh, it might have been like week six of the season uh, that he was going to step down, and then we told the team about a week and a half later. Um, but, yeah, I think we were all shocked. I, I mean, I think you could kind of see, well, if I would kind of think back and reflect now that you know what it is now of, like, you know, the amount the amount of time he likes spending with his grandkids and the amount of stuff that, that he liked being around them. Uh, you, maybe there were some signs in there that you might have missed just because you were in it, but – uh, for the most part, it was uh, we weren't sure. Uh, we we didn't know. Mike, it's been a very cool journey for you as part of Jerry Kill's uh, recruiting class at Southern Illinois, mm-hmm. and then you know working as a grad assistant uh, for Jerry Kill. Just what part did he play in your ascension as a coach? Yeah, uh, I, you know it was, it was interesting. He he took a chance on me. Uh, you know, I I had played for him for. It was recruited by him and then played for him for really what was about six months um, of that first year. And then he left and took the job at Northern Illinois. Um, and then I remember where I was. I was actually uh, – I was in Southern Illinois at the time. I was teaching and I was the head high school football coach. And uh, I got a call from him on the way back from working at a youth group uh, at like a Wednesday night at about 7.30 at night. And he said, hey, I got a spot as a GA I need to know by Friday. Um, so I <laughs> waited about a day and a half to think about it. And my wife and I were like, yeah, let's, let's do it. We've never been to Minnesota in our life. And, um, so took the, took the job and he said, all right, I need you here Monday morning for 6am workouts. So, uh, it was, it was one of those things where it was like, here we go. Um, but he was, he was influential just in the, just in the fact of like a guy, I think I've been, I've been incredibly blessed of like getting to coach under and with hall of fame coaches. Uh, that's something as I was reflecting on this journey is like working for a guy like Coach Jay and, and Jerry Kill and uh, you know Dale Lennon who's who's in the North Dakota Hall of Fame. I mean, it's just been pretty unique to be able to get to be a part of these staffs and see really how they. I think what's been so fun is like each guy is so uniquely different, but they're authentically who they are in themselves, and so that's just been really encouraging to see. Like you can win a lot of different ways with a lot of different personality types as long as uh, as you're true to that. Yeah, Mike, it's, and that, that's awesome. And I'm curious, as we, as you now move ahead, the whole recruiting process, Division Three, it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting because we 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 see all the good and, and in my opinion, even more of the bad. But the the portal mm-hmm. and the NIL and all those kinds of things. And tell us a little bit about how different it is because you've seen it from all angles. But from the Division One level to the Division Three level and that whole process, especially now in this new era of the portal and NIL and all of that. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a unique challenge. I, I, I think, I think, it, you know, it's, it's probably swung probably too far one way or another. And I think that's a long discussion that, you know, a lot of people want to have. I, I think what it comes down to is this is like, uh, you, know, you got to care for these guys' hearts and you got to care about who they are uh, or, or now they have the ability to leave. And so um, I think we're seeing that a lot more where it's like, man, if, if I'm not treated very well, I've got the option to go. Whereas in the past, that wasn't always the case. And you kind of had a little power hold over some of the guys that you were, you were coaching. And so um, I think it's, it's kind of called a lot of, uh, a lot of us as coaches to kind of examine, Hey, how are we, how are we caring about our guys? Are we caring about their hearts? Are we caring about more than just, Oh man, you're a good football player. Um, and, and so I do, I think that's what's been so unique 
And again, I think the Division Three level is a little easier to do that because you don't have scholarship money that you can hold over a guy. There, um, you, you got to care about them. You got to treat them well. You got to coach them up, uh, and they got to have a great experience. Otherwise, you know, just like anything, they have the right to to leave them. So that's the hope for us. Uh, Bethel is again the, the experience that they're getting, um, the different aspects of social life and spiritual life that we're pouring into. Hopefully, uh, guys want to stay around. Talking with Mike McElroy, the new head coach of Bethel University. Well, I'm curious about, uh, Mike, how you balance now being head coach and the defensive part of it. We see coaches take different approaches to this. Some coaches still want to be the play caller. They still want to have uh, very much involvement uh, in the game plan and everything else. And other coaches like to distribute those jobs to the guys underneath them and be kind of the leadership type. In your position, how do you see that balance working between still scheming up the defense and also being in charge of a lot more people than you were before? Yeah, that's great. I, I think I had to answer this question about eight times in the interview process. And so, uh, and I might have given a different answer. I think every time I, I, man, I wish I could say I had a, a clear set idea. I love, I love the scheme side of it. I love the creativity that comes with that. And, you know, especially with offenses these days, you're just trying to slow people down um, just because I think things have gotten so dynamic. Uh, and so I, I don't know that I will be able to completely give it up. Uh, we've got a couple of guys on staff that, again, that I really trust and I think are really good coaches. And so my hope is to kind of hand that over. I, I told our – we got a young guy on defensive staff, Coach Kibler, and I said, look, I'm going to I'm gonna try to give this over to you as soon as I can, but uh, I, I just – I love that part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, that's part of the balance. So I think that's what, what Coach Day was so good at is just, man, when, when you guys were on the defense, it was your – like he would come in on Friday mornings and say, hey, we good? And I'd say, yep, we're good. And he'd be like, all right, let's go. So it was uh, it was a great model of trusting your guys and letting them go. So I think for me, it's like I I got to be able to let some stuff go and, and let those guys do a really great job of, of what they what they built themselves into. Mike, what 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 do we expect for from Bethel next year? Uh, is it any rebuilding? Is it continuation? Are you do you have some new players you're excited about? Where where do you guys stand for 2024? Yeah, I think what's unique is the amount of guys that we returned. Uh, you know, this is the last year of that kind of COVID extra year. Um, and so I, we were looking the other day. I think we're going to have close to 35 seniors on the roster this year, which is uh, which is pretty unique uh, at any level. And so uh, I think, you know, for us, like the expectations are always going to be uh, to compete for the MIAC and, and compete for a playoff spot. And so that that really won't change. You know, I think the – there's a good pressure at Bethel that, that Coach Jay has established in the culture of, of winning and doing it the right way. And so for us, yeah, like we, I think we're excited with what's coming back. We lose, we lost a, a quarterback in the center on offense, and we're going to lose a Mike linebacker on defense, and that's it. Other than that, we're going to we've got everybody coming back, which is an exciting, exciting thing. Well, it's certainly an exciting time for you, man. You got the young family, now the head coaching job. Uh, you've had a, a really fun and interesting journey in football. So we, we wish you the best. Thanks so much for coming on. And uh, just congratulations again uh, on the new position. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thanks. That's uh, Mike McElroy, new head coach of Bethel. And uh, the D3 landscape has to be very, very interesting uh, especially the way that things have kind of gone at the upper Division One level. So we appreciate uh, Mike very much, and that's a program that's been built on a very solid foundation, and uh, he's going to take it forward. So we're going to take a break. We're going to put a bow on the show, Matthew Collar and Pete Najarian. 
Hey, Pete, before we uh, wrap up the show, what do you think the Vikings are doing at quarterback? <laughs> That's a great question. It really is. It's really a um, two-minute discussion at the end of a show, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that, we can cover it, you know. <laughs> you know, it, it is a great question, though, because uh, there's a lot of things that go into that question because it's not like Kirk just had a minor injury. He had a right. fairly major injury, especially given his age, and he's not uh, Aaron Rodgers or anything like that as far as that. But still, it's something that anytime you get the Achilles and all that type of thing, it's, uh, it is it is a very difficult road back, and you just wonder – how, how long will it take before you actually feel comfortable enough? And do you still want to wrap up, what is it, $45 million, $50 million, something between friends, I guess that's no difference. But, uh, <laughs> it's a lot it's of a money. Lot. It's a lot. And it's I look a lot of cap at, space. And, and I look at the players that are available, uh, that are going to be in the draft. And, you know, to, we, we talked about it, but there are some really quality. I, I'm really good friends with the staff down at LSU, and I can tell you they think the world of Jaden Daniels. They think he is something really, really special. Obviously, he's a transfer as well, but he looks skinny. Yeah, he is skinny, but he's six foot four, and for a guy that big, and and you know, in college football, only throwing four interceptions when you're throwing the ball almost every play, mm-hmm. uh, that says a lot about who he is and his ability to navigate. And they put up points in the SEC against really good defenses, which is something that people, I think that's the problem for me with all these USC quarterbacks and, you know, the, these kids coming out of UCLA, USC, even Washington, uh, Oregon, the defenses aren't there. They're, they're not the same defense as you see in the Big Ten or, or in the you know, SEC, maybe even in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's part of the, the decision-making process, too, is who are they playing against as quarterbacks? And so with Jaden Daniels, you know he's been playing against some of the very best. The question for me is, uh, can you get Jaden Daniels, or is he no. going to be right? And <laughs> and if you want to, then how much do you have to give up? And then, uh, then we kind of have the same issue of how do you build the rest of the roster, which yeah. if, you, if you've got the cap space, you can go out and get players in free agency. You could trade for guys like Montez Sweat or like mm-hmm. Miami did with Tyreek Hill. So there are options. Uh, at the same time, though, you'd be giving up probably multiple first-round draft picks to get Daniels and then you better be really good on offense because on defense you're going to have a lot of weaknesses I think going forward and that's the game of whack-a-mole that they've been playing but I just don't see how you build a complete team and with a 40 million dollar contract or 38 or 52 or whatever whatever it is it's way too much it's like it's way more than the the top five draft picks top 10 draft picks would make. And I also think too, Pete, sometimes I feel like I'm taking crazy pills when we talk about this quarterback, because it's been a long time that he's been here and they have zero home playoff wins. And here's a crazy stat for you, Pete. You'll love this. (laughs) Since Brett Favre threw across his body and maybe a bad decision that he made in new Orleans. (laughs) Since that happened, the Houston Texans have twice as many playoff wins as the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, is this, not, is this not an argument to do something a little more drastic than what yeah. you've been doing over and over and over again for many years? So here's why I, I trade down. Because for whatever reason, this happens every year. There are quarterbacks that I think are in the draft this year that are, are getting looked past. And, and I immediately go to, to Bo Nix. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I even say J.J. McCarthy should, should at least get a look. Uh, you know, somewhere close to the first round. He's right now projected around 34. So he's just out of the first round. Mm-hmm. If you traded down just a few spots to get two picks and you were able to get 
either a Bo Nix, who, in, to be quite honest with you, that would be my number one pick of the quarterbacks anyway. Mm-hmm. But if I can get him lower because everybody else doesn't think the same way I do, the kid only threw 45 touchdowns and three interceptions. I mean, you know, he's 78% <laughs> completion guy. But we, but, but we don't want to have him. And he's a quick-release guy. Yeah. He's not a guy yeah. who goes back there, drops back, and waits and waits and waits and, and does well. He's a guy who drops back and in two and a half seconds makes his decision. The only two losses they had this year were to Washington. So by three points each. So yeah. uh, it's not like this guy fell on his head or anything. This, you know, he's, <laughs> he's quarterback size. He's got the ability. And I think what he showed us, and again, that it was against Pac-12 defenses. I'm first, <laughs> first going to put that out there. But nonetheless, he shredded him. Absolutely. Yeah. He yeah. shredded him more than Michael Penix did. And yet Penix is the guy everybody wants to talk about. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, Penix, I like, but the injury history. And Bo Nix is a better athlete. Uh, yep. And I really like how quickly Bo Nix got rid of the football. You point that out, but by the numbers, he was one of the fastest in the entire nation uh, at getting the football out. Didn't take a lot of sacks. There's there's a lot to like in this draft class that may not come along every year, I think, right. that might influence the Vikings. So we will see what they do. Enjoy watching football, Pete. I know it's a great day for you to do nothing but watch ball. And uh, <laughs> so have, have a great next couple of days. And this was really fun, as always, Thanks, man. Matthew. Thanks for doing yep. this, and uh, we will catch you all later. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.